Hello, you're listening to the Taco Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo! And we're from the TacoSpirit.com website, where you can go for all of our anime, new and old, great community in the form links at the top, social media links on the right side, and all that good stuff. And yes, today is an episode, a discussional podcast episode. We talk about the news that seems important to us, that should be important to you because it's important to us, and then dive into our community and answer some questions from our community members, which are kind of slacking on getting us questions. I know, right? It's like, it's like they, don't, do you, they don't want us to do this no more? I'm guessing. I guess we're canceling discussional podcast episodes. Nobody wants to ask us questions anymore. Or I figured they were. We've been doing it for so long there, like we don't know any more questions to ask. <laughs> uh, I it, thought I thought maybe they were just all sending you all kinds of uh, the secret questions that I don't ever see them. So I've been getting emails, yes, <laughs> but I think the rate of emails about is equal to the post. So <laughs> like two, <laughs> yay. <laughs> But no, that's that's fine. If, if people don't have questions, that's fine. It's just something that helps us kind of create discussion and, and provide something for you. But uh, it's not required. Sob. I think it's required. <laughs> it's required. <laughs> if, you, if you want to listen to our podcast, you will give us questions. Uh, so anything interesting this week? Not really. I it it's It's been kind of... I, I tried a couple of new games and was a little disappointed with them. So, yeah. I thought you were enamored. That's why you wouldn't come in here to watch shows. <laughs> or either that or you were trying to give me space for Final Fantasy. I don't know. That was mostly it. Uh, yeah, that's your excuse. It's like, oh, I wanted you to play Final Fantasy. No, Instead, I... Andrew's watching Beastars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there waiting for him, and I'm just watching Beastars. And as, as I've kind of alluded to before, it's like you start watching that show it's like you cannot stop watching it i did i did get that it he was said, he said that he was asking me before we started recording he's like well i thought you were going to do the review for today and i was kind of holding my statements it's more effective like no i think after watching that show i really want chris to watch it too i already, I mean, wi- I already wiped it out you watched the whole thing yeah okay i guess we'll do a review after this <laughs> <laughs> it's just a. it was really good i mean did you enjoy it I was a little, and then I was I was saving it for the for the review. Is well, I mean, you can give your your nutshell. It, I was a little disappointed. We don't know when we're end. actually going to post that review. I was a little disappointed at the end. Um, well, but it was a second season coming. It, I I can I can't agree. It's one of those shows. I I thought the freaking hen was hilarious. I busted up laughing. So <laughs> I was like, like, I was rolling my eyes like, oh, here's going to be some stupid side story <laughs> thing. And like, oh no, I really enjoyed it. The hen was too funny, but no, the. Uh, Overall, it is it is a story that you just kind of just get sucked up into yeah. and you just kind of go and go and go and go. But yeah, the ending and I think that's mostly because it's the second season. There's pro there was at least one big oh huge question mark that just got left out in the open. It they started with it and then never got around to talking can, about it. We can talk about it. <laughs> so yeah, I guess look forward to that review. <laughs> I know sometime next year. <laughs> Because Andrew's still not getting the podcast post up in midweek because 
honestly, it's been really crazy with the the virus thing going on. I'm thankful that I have work, but at the same time, it's making work very difficult because being in the procurement industry, you have to procure things that nobody has available or it's under available. There's too much demand or there's just no freight. It's it's a huge, huge thing that is taking my mind from doing the podcast during the week. So hopefully eventually. But yeah. Look forward to that. It, but I mean, like I said, just because it might take a while to get the, the review up there, I want people to know it. it is a good show that I really enjoyed. So check that out. Well, I'm glad that you you binged through it. Then we can do a review after this. <laughs> so that's good. That's good. Um, but yeah, I've been I've just been playing Final Fantasy VII. I've beat it. I'm like halfway through hard mode through the entire chapters. Uh, thoroughly enjoy it. It's It's actually really wonderful how well they did with that. I am with a lot of people where I'm really mixed on the extra thing that they added to the whole story, so I will just leave it as that and say that I I can see where it could be really cool, and I can also see where it could really be bad. So we'll we'll see with that one in I don't know fifteen years when all three are out. If they do three, I'll make most people are thinking it's gonna be three, but. <laughs> Hopefully the next one doesn't take too long to get around. Then we'll really get an idea of what, what they're planning on doing with it. So, But yeah, visually beautiful. Combat system is fantastic. There's a few frustrating bosses, but... And I was a little... I'm a little frustrated by the fact that it doesn't really lend itself to being... Um, like, most of those old JRPGs, you could basically get your characters if you wanted to and just build them to, like, overpowered levels. It doesn't really lend itself to that, so... I mean, it does technically for the easy mode or the normal mode, but not really so much the hard mode. So you can, even if you max everything out, you can get your butt kicked <laughs> still. So, which I guess well, was like no, the I, thing with the the, um, the 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 ultimate weapons and all that kind of stuff. So the weapon. Well, I'm I'm really curious as to you had brought up the point, and I didn't even think about the idea of how are they going to handle in game going into the next game? Is how is that somebody going to be moving over? Somebody brought up a, a funny idea is, uh, and I think it was Maximilian dude on, on Twitch. I've been watching a lot of, because he's really fanatic about it. Um, is <laughs> the thought is when you first start the next, uh, part, Yuffie shows up and steals all your material <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> reset. That would be epic. <laughs> a forced reset. Um, no, she, she stole her material, some material yeah, from me, didn't she? Yeah. She she steals it, but that's it. That's like nearly in the third disc, or at the end, maybe halfway through the second disc. I don't remember. It's been so long. But yeah, because she comes in before you go to the before you meet Cat Sith. So yeah, I guess Cat Sith had a, had a cameo. Did he? Yeah, mm-hmm. like a very brief, very brief, not not you know interaction or anything like that. But I thought that's kind of odd. But, that he showed up now. I, just just random throwing it out there is I kind of was thinking maybe, and this is I know that they're going to get so much crap for doing it. But what if they were to scale go from you you, you max it out at one hundred, scale that down to one. Well, the thing is, you can only get to level fifty, so it can easily have the next part be up to hundred. Or 99 mm-hmm. or something. Because it wasn't the original 99 Max. Oh, yeah. yeah. All, most every one of them do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah I really, really do enjoy it. Um, still have quite a bit to tackle with, you know, doing all the hard mode stuff, finishing that. Uh, the last VR mission for Bahamut. I did him once and he kicked the crap out of me, so I know I had to level up a little bit. So, <laughs> or get my materia maxed out. I was only like level 40, so. Uh, watched Maximilian dude solo him with Cloud, and I was like, that dude is 
crazy. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the patience to spend like almost two hours sitting there just beating my head against a boss trying to figure out, you know, memorizing everything like I used to, which is, was really the mentality of it. Like back in the day, you just, you just kept going in there until you completely memorized everything. And then you were able to do it like, you know, Ninja Gaiden and stuff like that. There, the, I, there was doing Sephiroth in, I want to say, um, Kingdom Hearts. That was absolutely destroying. It, mm-hmm. That is like heart destroying. And, ah, and, but it was very much heartless destroying. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but beating it was definitely quite the, quite the, you know, notch on the belt going, yeah, I did that. <laughs> well, that's the frustrating thing is I don't get that feeling anymore. And I think that's why I don't, I, I guess, as I've gotten older, I don't find challenge to be that fun anymore because, right. and I think it's, I just find because, it annoying and I just shut it yeah, off. <laughs> I, get, I get frustrated. I start getting really angry. And then, and the, the problem is that most people say when I like the challenge, because when I, fin- I finally complete it, I feel this huge sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. I don't get that feeling. I don't get that. When I finally beat it, I go, finally, moving that on. That was annoying. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't get a sense of, yes, I did it. And that's what really sucks is I can't, I can't find that feeling anymore. And that's what I think frustrates me most about most JRPGs is they always have that uh, that problem where the ending bosses always overstay their welcome. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved Gravity Rush so much. And I was absolutely thrilled when they made a sequel of it. And when I play that sequel, I love it to death until the last boss. Takes forever. And Final Fantasy VII had the same problem. It, it feels like I had this one session. It was like 1030 at night. And I just get past this one part, and I'm like, okay, let me see what's up this next part before I go to bed. Literally from that point, all the way into the next point that your characters are standing still, and you're able to move them around, and you're not in combat, and you can go in and save, was like two hours. It was a boss, followed by a boss, followed by a sequence, quote-unquote, with a semi-boss, and then a bunch of cutscenes all throughout that. It was like two hours, and I was finally... I was just yelling at the screen, like, just stop. Let me save so I can go. Of course, I could have just, you know, rest mode. But I was too afraid of my, maybe the rest mode might mess up and I'll lose my save. I was afraid of letting the auto save work its progress. And it was, it was frustrating. It's like, yeah, I, don't overstay your welcome. I had, uh, I, I, I was getting really excited. I was playing um, a newer game that came out recently on the Switch um, I, I decided to go ahead and get it on the computer instead. And I got to it, it like I told you, it was it's 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 basically an anime version of Darkest Dungeon. I I was really intrigued by Darkest Dungeon a while back and getting an anime version was just so much more exciting for me. And I it's it's really brutal game and the the frustrating part about it was I had gotten to a certain point and it, it had just the the game is so daggum brutal that you can be like first level and you get barely you get hit really hard and you have no way of healing and then randomly well okay plus rules because you have bleeding effect and so this character dies and there's no return to that character and i was like okay shut down i have no patience for this <laughs> well that's like the the demon souls and stuff like that. I, will, I don't think I'll ever touch them just because of that. Even even with um, uh, Shadows Dice Twice was that the name of the, the subtitle for it from last year? Sek- Sekiro. Really yeah. badly want to play it because I love Tenchu 
course, Tenchi was stupidly hard, too, if I remember correctly, and I just kind of beat my head against the wall playing that game. Um, but it was like, it was like it's it's essentially they were doing Tenchu. But they were also, but it's also uh, Dark Souls-ish. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm not playing that game. <laughs> yeah, because I, <laughs> I can't, again, I don't have the patience anymore. They were mentioning a bunch of Dark Souls mentioning in, in a lot of the Darkest Dungeon and this one. It, it It's like, okay, I don't understand what... How I do know that Dark Souls is brutal, but I didn't know it's that just that's, that's hard, yeah. why now Dark Souls is, I guess, a genre now. And so this is. Yeah, anything that's difficult <laughs> is supposed to be. It's funny because, like, well, why wouldn't they. Well, I understand that Dark Souls has also the element of the the bonfires or whatever element also. So when they sometimes when they say it's Dark Souls ish, it's usually the idea that when you die, you like leave all your stuff behind and you go back to the bonfire and you have to go back and get your body kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they also kind of reference it as something that's punishing hard. And it's like, well, if it's punishing hard, just go back to the Ninja Gaiden <laughs> reference. Like, just it's a Ninja Gaiden ish game. <laughs> Why does it have to be Dark Souls that came way after that? Is because this one's now punishing. And it's it's fresh in everybody's mind, so it's easy to reference. But they again, they still call things Metroidvanias, and it's like, well, people still know what that is. Why not say Resident Evil? Resident Evil was pretty brutal. Meh. No. Yeah. Okay. I just remember yeah. stupid things flying through windows and destroying me. So that was just <laughs> something that jump scares. Uh, but yeah, Nemesis Weird. was always, I hated Nemesis. <laughs> he was such a pushover in three. It was like, wow, he didn't really show up much. I guess they got, and that was a funny thing. Cause when, when two remake came out, I was like, why do they have Mr. X? That's Nemesis. Why would they do a Nemesis? Cause then if they do a three, that's not going to be the same thing. And then sure enough, when Nemesis is announced, it's like, but you already did the Nemesis with Mr. X, so it's kind of, kind of, is, is it going to be in there more? No, he's in there less. So it's like, okay, well, technically Resident Evil 2 did a better job of Nemesis than 3 did. So, I don't know what they're thinking. But I guess that was just a different company. But I didn't know that they great. had different names. I'm sorry. Mr. X, I didn't like. And Tomb Remake? Yeah. Yeah. That was, I always assumed, uh, associated his name as Nemesis. I didn't mm. know that it... <laughs> I only toyed around a little bit with number three. I I actually played two. One and two are the only two that I really played. I mean, I did play a bit of the um, Waiting, Waiting Guys. Five, I think is what four. it was. Four. <laughs> waiting, Waiting Guys. Waiting, Waiting Guys. Well, they were announced that number four is being remade, so we'll see how that one turns out. You knew they were going to do four. Mm-hmm. Just It was just a given they were going to do four. Uh, I, need to do, I do need to do the remakes. That, that, it's, it's always been one of those things that it's always been in the back of my mind. I need to get through all those games. I kind of want to play one again. But then for, uh, Final Fantasy VII came out, so I had to play that. <laughs> Which really sucked, because I ended up buying Final Fantasy VII twice. So. <laughs> Which I think a lot of people did. So if you see those sales numbers being really high, I think it's because a lot of people are like me. <laughs> they bought it physically. It was saying it wasn't going to come in until the next week. And it's like, eh, buy it digitally. <laughs> I have to play it at 11 o'clock, of course, for Central Time, so. Uh, anyways, uh, I Crossing Boys doing their Maid campaign thingamajiggy, so I got Maid Taiga, you did too, I think. Mm-hmm. Third roll? What'd you get it on? I got it fourth roll. Ah, I beat you there. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow Well, we I have... technically got it before you. I, you just got the lower roll. Still got the lowest roll. Yeah, you That's got all that matters. You got the lowest roll. Limited tickets are limited. <laughs> That's the more important thing. You can roll I got it. What. I got it before you, though. I got but, it um, that morning. You got it when you woke up, a li- like, three Kuroko? hours later. Kuroko is her name? 
that the other one? She's yeah. when is she coming out? Girl. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. Well, today, if you're listening to this on the day, I've that got this is I've got four limited tickets waiting for her, <laughs> and I've got twelve hundred uh, that I can't use on her. I'm sure. She looks pretty awesome. Can I use the the regular micas on her? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Which is really expensive. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I can. I can. I just got a whole. I got twelve hundred for making sixty. Nah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, just I did that with. Um, I know it was Miku. I I used quite a bit to. No, it was. Yeah, I did both the Shana and Miku. I I used a lot of my regular Migo. And that, yeah, they don't they don't last very long. <laughs> like I said before, it's like all that's about the tickets. You have to get the limited tickets. And that's the only efficient way of doing it. But. Yeah, they're they're pretty scarce, unfortunately. And then uh, Fate Go is doing the Fate Apocrypha event, which really sucks because it's timed raids, which really is stupid because you have to be playing at a certain time, which makes no sense to me because the first time they did the raids, it was during when I was working. And it's like, what the hell? I can't even do the raids because I'm working. I don't understand that mentality, but... Is this yeah. the, the Demon Reroll? Demon Reroll. The Fate Apocrypha? Oh, is it the Fate Apocrypha? Oh, and, yeah, that's right. Fate Grand Order. I'm, I'm, I think I'm done. I, I think I'm, I'm like this close to yanking that game off my, my iPad. I'm not getting rid of it, but I, I do play it a lot less. Like the last event that they did was, I think the, um, Drink to the West rerun, and I barely did any of it. And I it was didn't like touch a it. Huge grind fest for that stupid event. It was like everything. There was a ton of stuff in the shop, and I'm like, I'm gonna I get the stuff that I got a low amount of, and then I'm done. I literally log in one time in the morning to grab my stuff, shut it off, play Crossing Void. Yeah. Well, Crossing Void is kind of a time sink. Because you get... Thankfully, <laughs> you have a lot of... A, well, it, it doesn't seem like you have much AP, but you do technically have a lot of AP. You just have a lot of stuff to do, I think. Mm-hmm. Stuff not requiring your energy. And I think that a lot of that stuff just requires a lot of time. Plus, there's just so many things you have to upgrade. I think the only thing that frustrates me about Crossing Void is... The scaling from the point you reach six stars to your weapons. And your weapons is like the only way that your character can build up after that point. And it seems like very, it seems like a huge incline. Because I'll, I'll, I'll go and I'm like, I got my weapons and they're almost maxed out. And I'm like, man, my characters are pretty much maxed. I don't have really much to do with this main team anymore. And then I'll go on to the, what's it called? The, it's the, the thing where you can create a room and the other people join and you go fight a enemy that's uh, really strong. I haven't tried that yet. Oh, that's like the easiest way to get weapon tokens. Oh yeah, but um, I'll go in there and like these two people will join and their their characters are doing like eighty thousand damage single target, not even a climax skill, and my character's doing like thirty thousand. I'm like, I apparently still suck. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my character anymore. <laughs> Again, because I think that they're just focusing purely on getting their weapons. I upgrade. did. I did a hundred, hundred and something k. With um, the the two that I was telling you about, that one cross cross skill mm-hmm. um, with um, Rabbit Girl and and the Basketball Girl, they uh, they have a, a technique in in the um, maybe Inju from Inju. Black Bullet yeah. Inju and, and Black Bullet the girl and from Rokubu. Rokubu, yeah. Um, Don't know her name. Tomoko, I think. Um, anyway, they, they've got a cross skill that's really, really stinking strong. And I was in the, um, the place with the towers and you go through each one, the expedition Pinnacle or whatever, the expeditions. Oh, okay. 
Um, and I was up in there, and you know how you can get your buffs? I buffed mm-hmm. buffed them up, and I got them. They were doing <laughs> God's levels of damage. It was crazy. Yeah, my point is that getting like 90,000 damage without any buffs, right. just a single attack. <laughs> it's like, what in the world? Uh, and then a lot of a lot of them are just um, uh, Alice and um, uh, Kirito. Those that combination, and they like I said, I think they just maxed out all their stats and awakened them and everything. And it's just like the scaling difference there is insane, which makes me hate the mirror. I, I I've never liked games that have a gotcha system and um, a two player PvP. It's like you, it's just whoever has the better characters doesn't make any sense. So. At least they can't control their characters when you do the PvP. But, um, yeah, that's um, that's about everything that's going on right now. Thanking, thanking Final Fantasy VII for keeping me mentally busy. Because I was joking, or I was mentioning to Chris, it's like, I, I think we need to kind of, or kind of passingly, the idea that, you know, watching the shows again. And I think the last time we were we got together, it was a couple shows. I was trying to check to see if there was a next episode, and it was like, there's no next episode. Well, the problem is that... I don't know if we're going to really have much shows to watch right now. I know, now. <laughs> I was thinking about that too. Um, I guess I could skip to it right now, but um, there is a lot. And, and I have a list of a lot of the shows um, that are kind of the shows that we're currently watching. There. Yeah, there's some oddball shows I don't really know much about, but uh, Million, The Millionaire Detectives delayed until July 16th. Promised Neverland is uh, is releasing next year on January 20, uh, 2000, 2021. Uh, the Regular Magic High Season 2 has been delayed to October. Major second season, which is airing right now, is rebroadcasting and is delayed. Uh, a Pottery Runmon's delayed. Food Wars 5th Place delayed. Uh, Diaries of Our Day at the Breakwater is delayed. Uh, no Guns, No Life Second Core. Uh, certain Scientific Railgun uh, Episode 3 is delayed. We don't know what's going on with that one. Uh, and like I said, I don't I don't know if this is going to affect even more shows. Which is funny because I was, I was kind of considering... And, of course, it's all related to COVID, which is perfectly fine. I, I think I mentioned that last time we had a discussion on podcast. Don't get us wrong here. I'm perfectly fine with them going, hey, we have a COVID issue. We can't have people inside of a room together, you know, drawing stuff. Even if they draw at home or whatever and they have the equipment, there's a lot of interactions there that has to come into play for that. You have a lot of surface areas that are going from people to people. It's a very dangerous thing. It's going to cause delays. And so I'd rather them not do it than be put in danger. The, it's just brought up more in the idea that um, they were able to circumvent it for a while, but now it's really becoming an issue where they just cannot produce anime anymore. And a lot of the shows, like we mentioned before, Snafu and Sword Art, a lot of those stuff just completely deemed to start. Um, so we're now where the question that's coming up is, what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Again, I don't have an issue with it, but at the same time, we kind of have to find content to do. And uh, a lot of our, well, not really a lot of our um, seasonal uh, podcasts are related to the show itself. We have a music episode. We already covered that. We have a first impressions. I'm not. Sh- I think we'll probably still do a first impressions just so that we can get that out of the way before the wait because it's the shows that are still continuing on. We still want to cover them, but we can work on our show. Good. It's a good <laughs> half of the shows this season already that are kind of announced, and I'm just I'm waiting to find out when the other ones are going to be announced to be delayed. And I think that's. I think the only ones that are able to continue are either. Maybe they still have a lot that they've already produced, and so they're not going to hit that stopping point yet, whereas some other ones that are probably working week to week to get the episodes out, they're running into the issue already. 
Um, is it that there's a lot of shows that have overseas production that is still continuing, yeah. so they're able to continue on? Because I mean, that's a big thing that's been happening um, in anime recently is that a lot of stuff is being outsourced to China. Right. So if China's not having that issue, uh, China, or they're not know, caring about that yeah. issue as much, <laughs> <laughs> they have less care for their workers, you can see them still producing. So I'm curious to see what the full scale of the effects of COVID will be for the animation industry um, for the next coming months, just because, again, a lot of stuff just being cut out completely. Well, we can discuss this if you'd like. Oh, and I was just waiting until just before the questions to talk about that. Have to read it. It was a um, just in case we wanted to fill in a little bit of time. It was just basically, how do you think this affects the anime industry as a whole? And that's what I mean. It's it's really a, we're not really going to know until the next coming two weeks to, when we find out just how many of these shows are because Japan has moved to having a national. Uh, awareness of it. They, they before it was very um, district based, and now they've basically set the entire nation under the understanding that this is something that is an effect to it. Right. And so you're going to have a lot more of these studios that just cannot function. Right. I'm talking about far in the future after this is all pretty much past and over. How do you think that? I mean, war game it out in your head. How do you think the anime industry as a whole? changes from here on because none you don't think that that's going to change the way they do business in general no you Why think they're all going to go back to being in a in in their studios and doing it all from there yeah you don't think that they would uh change i mean manga mangaka's already do that pretty much as far as i'm aware yeah because they're the they only do creator that. huh they're the only creator they make right. what they make, and they send it to the editor. Why couldn't you, if you were to change over... They're already pretty much digital-based as it is right now. Right. Why couldn't they do the, the, the panels at home? Because you need oversight. That's that's the only thing that caught me. You have How a director, would you, you, have, you have directors, you have screenwriters. They're all looking over the shoulders, shoulders of the animators constantly. Right. Supervision, I, I, I will give you. You have the anime directors. They have to be watching each one of those people as they work to make sure they're doing the proper job or they're filling in betweens properly. There, that it, I'm, I'm not going to argue that point because I do agree with you. That was the only thing in my head that I could see as far as a stop point. Um, but there's also, I mean, you could have an apprentice for a sh- short time, get to the point where you trust them, and then start to work from there over the through online. Yeah, but you have to take consideration that the, what's the big issue that people have with animation in general right now? Underpaid workers. These are people that come yeah. in, they sit down, they do the in-betweens or whatever, the animation, the, the drawings, all that kind of stuff, the paintings maybe, and then they leave. So you see that – you see that. Are you, to give you an example of what you're kind of prescribing to me is that you have an animator um, comes in. They go, hey, I want to be an animator for this, the studio. They go, okay, sure. Here's a – uh, what do you, what do you, I forget what the name of the tablets are. Here's a N- Nikon or whatever. The little tablets. Here's this. Here's a computer. Uh, here's some equipment. Here's the uh, the panels that you need to do the in-betweens for. Go home and do this. I'll remote into your computer to watch you as you work and leave the phone on. They're not going to do that for everybody. No. You have like, like I said, you know, it, it, 30 there, people inside this there one would be room. A, there would be an there, apprenticeship time frame. But it's not going to happen, I don't think. I mean, because well, we don't even know the turnaround time for them. 
I would assume there's quite a bit of turnaround. For an I mean, it's different for something like Kyoto Animation. If you if you present that for something like Kyoto Animation, that makes sense to me because a lot of them are trained and built up for that point. But right. with a lot of these studios, these are people that are just coming in, doing the drawings, and then going home. They're not going to get tablets and, and remote access and all this kind of stuff for each one of these people. I mean, that's a huge undertaking, even for you know companies that I deal with. I, I'm totally lost as to what... I, I'm saying there's an apprenticeship time frame. You train them up and get them to a point where you feel comfortable with them going home. I mean, I, I'm not saying a, a newbie off the street, throw, them at, throw, throw a computer at them and send them home. I, I, yeah, I agree you, with you. That is not even viable in any way, shape, or form. That's what I was saying. That was my stop point. This is, this is the one point where I could not get past that, is at some point you're going to have to train these people. You can't just throw, throw a computer at them and say, go home and make anime. Right, but the problem still remains. There's too much communication that's happening on a regular basis. There's too much, okay, well, you're done with this motion, these in-betweens, now work on this in-between, and they have to communicate, well, okay, what is the actual motion here? I can see these these key points that I need to fill in. Um, you know, is there any kind of motion to the clothing? All that kind of stuff. They're having to communicate what that flow is for that animation. Then you have, in them they, okay, well, you have to talk to the... Uh, you know, the storyboard writer, find out what he thinks of the situation, find out if there is wind in the air at the moment. There's just too much communication I, that I'm has not, to happen on a regular basis. What would they be writing by themselves with no communication? Let me let me go from my, my point of view. Because I do see that things are going to have to change. What this is going what this has done, and this has done this across the board. I mean we've already got um one of the when I was going through the news news things, I already noticed um they, I think they were announcing uh, one of the um, voice actresses. She's she's doing a, a an online concert, and this is already something that we're seeing here in the West. Is we're seeing um, our our um, musicians and actors and actresses. They're all going online, learning how to I, do webcams. Yeah, they they've learned how to do webcams. <laughs> no, they have not learned. <laughs> they are learning. Um, like the worst webcams ever. Like they went out of Office Depot and bought the cheapest piece of junk they could. The, and and the, and the funny thing is, is that the way that we consume our entertainment is shifting, and there's no denying that. And and this is what why this kind this this kind of got stuck in my head. And like I said, the the one of the voice actresses becoming an uh, doing an online concert, things like that are 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 kind of the. Um, I don't want to say the canary in the coal mine. It's 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 kind of like the the pioneers. They they're already stepping out and saying, "How do we change the way we're doing this?" And this is something that I was talking to um, uh, one of the the guy the guy from uh, Blockpunk. I was mentioning that you, what you're not seeing is this is the future. The, getting this to your customer base is the future. How we do that, I don't know. We missed out on it. Obviously, now it's already out there and people are already experimenting, trying to find a way to do this. And when that's that happens, you're going to start seeing other things starting to shift in how they handle things. The way I see the anime industry, like I said, the supervision thing is the one thing I could not figure out. That's why I've got it wrote down there. Supervision and, and, and apprenticeship. I don't know how to get around that. But everything else... I see is already happening. I mean, 
you have major corporations that are already setting up meetings through what is that zoom i nobody it's likes zoom terrible. right now so <laughs> well every single one of those groups are just just being destroyed right now but, there's not a single remote team meetings type service right now that's not just completely destroyed but one of the things about uh the when something is tried out you stress test it you find its flaws and then you fix it it's not going to be perfect at first. And what's going to happen is it's all going to get better. Eventually, even this stuff will be handled. You'll have you'll have directors able to stand over and watch uh, an animator do it in every one of his, his clips. Stuff like that is going to naturally happen. Tr- granted, it's not perfect, but... I do see a lot of this stuff changing in the way that we we're, we're um, it's being produced, and one of the nice things about that is I think it's going to become more efficient because you're already going to have the digital frames and all, everything like that. It's all going to be set up. They're all working behind the scenes. You you can take better breaks. You can you can take care of yourself better. All that stuff is going to be in there. Is there going to be longer hours? Probably, but. The point is, all of that's going to be streamlined a lot better. Well, there's there's several difficulties there. Yeah, like you mentioned, the supervision is the the main key thing. Is there's too much communication that has to happen, and then you also have to have. You're assuming that every single person that would be working for them would have the right connections with the internet to be able to handle that, mm-hmm. and then they would have to have a way of, you know getting down everybody's address so you can go down and pick up every single thing from each location, each animators, you know, you have like, again, like 30 plus animators and they have to go out there and collect every single one of the things, each locations you have collecting, un- what? huh? Collecting what? Any kind of, if it is digitally done, I guess they don't have to, but again, you'd have to worry about them being able to upload the imagery. And if the right. imagery is going to be scanned correctly, are you going to give them scanners? <laughs> um, my main thing is that once the COVID thing goes away, they go back. There's no, there's no way because the the problem you have right now is you're 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 saying okay yeah a lot of businesses what they did is they took all the non essentials and they they put them out remote and then they had to build infrastructure to be able to communicate still and still do their jobs my company did the same thing now with something like this you're assuming that they well the thing is this stuff is stopping so obviously they not they're not building the infrastructure to be able to handle it right now. They have they probably no no idea how they could do that properly or efficiently, and I get I would assume the big reason is because of communication. Now, what you're what I'm assuming you're going with is the idea that will they go okay now that the COVID is kind of going away, let's figure out how we don't have people in the building anymore. I just don't no, see no, that no. happening. I, I I I'm I'm seeing it, it's more along the lines of now they could do it to adapt right now because adapt, they don't see it going adaption. away, but I would still see. Just again, like my company and like any other company with salespeople that I've talked to, I've talked to literally thousands of people over the last few weeks, and all of them say the same thing. They're going to go right back to what they were doing before. There's no, there's, there's no company going, well, that worked out great. Let's just keep you remote. They're not going to do it because communication. You have to have people in a central location so communication is better, more face-to-face, and can be done quicker. Hmm. Remoting, uh, team meetings calling people, all that stuff takes time that normally a face-to-face quick walk down the hall is instant. There's still there's still an inefficiency to that remote access. I would love it, 
but I'm an introvert, so <laughs> it works for me. I'm technically an introvert. I I can be an, an extrovert when I'm actually with people. But it's I funny. There's a, being an introvert. It's funny. You you would be surprised how many times I've heard that on podcasts where podcasters <laughs> like, are like, introvert. I'm an introvert. I mean, and and everybody everybody goes. Oh, I mean, I know I'm on a podcast. I'm the same way. I'm I'm an introvert. I know I'm on a podcast, but no, it's, I am it's, technically an, an introvert. Right. It's like a uh, – to give an example, I went to a uh, a meeting with a lot of um, in, individuals for a, a certain thing for our company. And the moment that they had to have this whole thing where they were trying to team build. And so they're everybody's kind of going, who's going to walk up the front? Who's going to walk up the front? I'm like, I'll do it. And I walk up there and I just do it. And I come back and the guy's like, I didn't know you had that in you. And I'm like – I don't know. I don't remember saying I couldn't do something like that. I just don't care to. Um, I again, I could be in. I I don't. I'm not afraid of communication and standing in front of people. It's just I prefer not. Yeah, I don't like. I'll do I don't it when like I need the, to do it. I don't like the if star I, power. I, for not. <laughs> I just I don't. I just don't care. It's it's something that I don't have. To, I don't. I don't go out of my way for it. And I think a lot of introverts they don't want to because they're, either they're afraid of it. Or they they see it as a hassle. No, it, it's more along the lines of I think it's more that we've gotten over that 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 roadblock. It's we're t- still technically introverts, but we got past that that block. Yeah, you kind of have to when you go into the adult world. <laughs> you kind of have to when you go into the adult world. Otherwise, there's a, there's a lot of roadblocks that you run into with it. Um, I I, I appreciate your point though. I I do I do I, I think. I think you're going to probably have some companies want to figure that out in order to survive right now. But I think my point is, like you initially said, was after this, no, I can't agree. They're going to go right back to being in a studio because there's an efficiency there that they will lose if they go, again, bring somebody in, apprentice them, pay a lot of money to train them face-to-face – then give them a lot of equipment that you have to trust that they're not going to steal. Send them back off to their home. Assume they have a good connection, um, a good phone line, all this kind of stuff to actually facilitate it and have a clean environment that they can actually work in that's quiet. There's a lot of things there. Plus, you don't get to sit down with Miyazaki with his cigarettes, his cherry cigarettes. <laughs> the smell of cherry cigarettes. <laughs> uh yeah, like I said, I, I, I do think some things are going to change. I don't know how much are going to change because Andrew's bringing up great points. I disagree on some of them, but it, it is, like I said, there is some things that I do think are going to change. And it's just a matter of I don't know all the answers. I, I see things changing. I don't know what exactly is going to change. I, I don't have that kind of foresight. Well, I guess, like I said, that's just more my my perspective from a company that I'm dealing with that deals it with its way. And again, speaking with a lot of people over the last few weeks, um, being a procurement, I talked to a lot of people from different companies. And of course I'm trying to find, uh, you know, different suppliers for certain things that are difficult to get. And they're all saying the same thing. Once, you know, this thing kind of goes away, everything goes back to normal. Um, I, but, but in my mindset, yes, they're following this whole crisis, um, we will never be the same again. I do agree with that idea. I think the idea that when you – a simple thing like holding a door open for somebody, I think you're going to have pause. I think every time you grab a, a, a doorknob, you're going to have pause. You're going to wash your hands more probably. 
I think this will always be in our minds probably for five years. If if this goes away within the next five or so months, you know, I hope within before then, we will still have the effects of it for five years from now. Even if it doesn't come back the next year, whatever they say that there's a possibility of. I think if it doesn't come back the next year, I think it'll still stay with us for five years in our minds when we deal with things. I think mm-hmm. even then, five years from now, I'll probably yeah, still that. think about I, that. I, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm more hopeful. I'm, I'm more hopeful that it's going to be done by the end of the month. I doubt it, but <laughs> you know, I'm hopeful. Hope is different from, uh, from reality. Um, but, but I agree. I think this is something that's going to be a long lasting effect. This is, the rest of our lives, we're always going to go back. You remember that COVID thing, you know? Yeah, it was just the same thing with the the previous ones. But it's like a thing of, it's, I don't, based off my experience, the communication that I have, all the companies that I have spoken to and the one that I personally deal with, you, um, this is not a, they have figured out how to function within it. And they will continue to work within it by f- because they figured out how to function within it. But they will all go back to normal working uh, status once it's over. There's no – none of – single one of them that has the desire of staying with how they are functioning now even though they have built the infrastructure to, f- to actually function and they've, they've figured it out. And that's the same thing with the studios in Japan. They're either going to figure out how they can function – while they're dealing with it, whether it's them being insanely sanitary, um, walking into the facility with masks on, sanitizing when walk in, having somebody sanitize every hour the entire facility, um, all these things they could do to function in a facility still, or if they work pr- remotely, all you know, doing uh, you know scans and and sending it in or digital only artwork and sending it in, uploading, downloading, remote meetings. Or are they going to figure out how to function remotely after the issue happens? I just don't see that happening. I see them going, okay, it's gone now. Everybody get, everybody get back in the studio. Let's get, let's continue on working. That's a lot less costly than going, okay, now that this is over, let's figure out how we don't have this happen again. It's just you're talking about a huge cost investment because something happened this one time, they'll think it's probably not going to happen again. We'll be smarter than this going forward. There's, there won't be another COVID. Let's move. Let's move on. And I think most of them don't want to think about how do we prevent this from happening again. They're going to think it's gone. Let's move on. I do like that idea because again, me working remotely, I get a lot more done when I'm at home. <laughs> um, and I'm sure a lot of them would enjoy that being able to work from home, whatever. But again, I don't think there's the infrastructure there, and I don't think they want to invest in it because that's a huge. I mean, that's a huge cost that you had to kind of entail. But wow, you just took out half our podcast, mm-hmm. bringing up that it was, it was it was it was one of those. I wonder if we could do that. Probably should have been a podcast in its own. But that's fine. I thought about that too. I was like, eh. uh, as much as we argue with each other on that one. Hey, look, we don't always agree. <laughs> what do you think of that, people? What do you think of that one? Uh, it's it's a sucky thing. We always try to avoid talking about it, but I, I don't think it's really some it topic was, you don't have to. Yeah, you can't really avoid it. Yeah, it's it it was a it's a it's a discussion or it's a it's a topic that I don't really want to because that, that like Andrew had mentioned before, this is technically 
the we we try to be the upbeat podcast, so we try not to go into down down because stuff, everybody so. can't hear nothing but it on the news twenty four seven, and even the commercials. Uh, all the commercials now is like, shut up, you don't care. <laughs> Why do you have to make this into that? <laughs> like, you just sell sodas. Stick with the soda. <laughs> Tell me about the soda. I don't want to hear about what you think about it. Just give me a damn soda. Oh, gosh. There's no escapism anymore. And now my escapism is delayed. Oh, gosh. Oh. But I guess that's the other thing is like, I, I actually, when I read the first line there, I thought like you were bringing up the topic of what do we do if this stuff is delayed? And I'm like, oh, hey, here we go. Um, I guess. If if come next week we realize that no no episodes are updating anymore, well, there's technically Ghost in the Shell on Netflix. Ghost in the Shell. I was going. I was going with our, our fairy cast. We can uh, finally finish the fairy cast. Uh, yeah, finish the fairy cast. Get on bleach. Get on bleach. Um, High score girl is up now, so we got to watch that. Um, I think. Uh, yeah. There's there's plenty to watch. It's just it kind of again throws a little wrench into our process because it's, again it's, every season we're actually is, being forced to do ones that we've been putting off. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I wasn't putting off B stars. Just was waiting for it to come out. <laughs> but no, it's it's it. No, I, I meant like the the fairy tales and stuff like that. It would drastically change our order of doing things because my again our process right now is. When, at the start of a season, it is, yeah, typically probably we're doing a discussional podcast episode just so the episodes get out. We'll do our music episode. Then we'll go into doing our first impressions. And then way down the road, that's when we do our, you know, two or three parter reviews. And then we go right back on the cycle again. So without, again, assuming that next week we don't have any shows updating anymore, that would be the key indicator that we're probably going to have you know, all these shows being delayed off until the next season because they, they have a gap of time that they're going to air the show. If they don't get, you know, if they're delayed four show episodes, they're probably not going to finish the show in that season. They're going to put it off into the next season. Right. Which means that we're not going to have any shows for a good, you know, two and a half months to watch. So would the structure then shift to, Say we watched Beat Stars, for example, watched Beat Stars that week, and then that weekend we just talk about Beat Stars. <laughs> yeah, like I said, do an entire do episode a, catching up on a whole bunch of these shows that we've been putting off. That's what I was meaning. So, would people be okay with that? Having not we, not every almost, week we have one show that we talk about. I would probably do a discussional episode. We, if we have a topic we want to cover, we'll do that episode. But then we'll have one week. Would people be okay with a full-on episode of us just talking about one show, full-on spoiler discussion, everything? I don't see how we it's gonna not going to fill a whole episode. I, I don't see how we can get around it. If they're, I mean, or just posting two episodes of our backlog of reviews that we haven't posted, <laughs> like kill a kill. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not like we can't put maybe two shows together, but it's at the same time, I don't. Well, see no, a I, way. I I wouldn't do that. It would it would be the week of doing. You know, watching that show because yeah, it's going to be some of them being twenty four episodes, possibly. Maybe having a a backlog episode done in the midweek, and then that weekend we have an actual show that we watch that week and talk yeah. about it in a full length. 
I don't think that we could talk about some of these shows fully. Well, yeah, that's the, the problem. 30, and that's my point is that's why I would figure dropping an episode in the middle or a, another backlog episode in the middle of the week because it's going to probably be a 30 to 40 minute at the most episode. And yeah, if you get like a comedy, it's not going to be that long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have then, some backlog stuff that's like a comedy and doesn't take very long to review. It. I mean, the 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 way I see it, and 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 I I think that everybody's going to understand. There's no real way of getting around it. And unfortunately, we can't. We can't. It's it's not like we're dumping and saying, okay, well, until COVID's over, we're done. I mean, well, it really means like I like I said, we'll probably do our first impression episode still. Yeah. It's struggle. It's it's difficult because technically we would have an episode out there, and this is the only reason why I'm not wanting to do it. Is would technically would have. What's the point in having a spring 2020 first impressions full of bunch of shows that are probably never going to ever That's continue? True. What like three shows that might actually continue on airing all the way to its completion? There's a good chance that all these shows get canceled. Yeah. And what's the point in doing a first impressions when? It's <laughs> we're basically saying this is a great show. Can't wait till it's going to conclude. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's the difficulty there. Is there a point to it? So that's the struggle that I have. And that, that's the, the big question that's being brought up now for me is like, and again, that's only technically what four podcasts this, this three month season is first impressions. And then again, two to three episodes that are reviews. The rest of it's, discussional podcast episodes it's topic episodes it's just kind of fooling around kind of episodes so just something to think about and my gosh we're already 50 minutes in the episode we haven't even started the news we should probably start the news but i think that is something that we wouldn't went and talk about for some time that is something that technically needs to be addressed at this point and again we will still continue to bring content to you guys um how it may shift and how it may change we'll we'll see I don't think it's really going to affect us too much besides, like I said, those typical seasonal episodes are not going to be as uh, pronounced. So I guess it's not really that big of a deal. It does suck, though, because, again, I want them to be safe. But it does suck when you have certain shows that I do want to see continue on and, and watch them. But we will, we'll get them eventually, hopefully. So let's get, let's get the news done. All right. <laughs> let's get the news done, finally. Our first topic... <laughs> Well, technically our second topic. Uh, Arya is returning on its 15th anniversary of the release of the animated series. They are going to be producing a new theatrical film for it. And it's going to be opening in winter, hopefully. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's a there's a key art out there. They definitely look different than their actual character designs. So, well, uh, some of them look a little different than their original designs. But, um, yeah. They growed up. Yeah, maybe. They don't really look that older. Shoot, even the even Hime or uh Ma's looks bigger. Huh? Even Ma, the the cat. Yeah, that's that is true. That is true. But yeah, that's that's uh I mean, she's a perfect example. She's she's practically tiny compared uh when standing up against the other girls and she's almost as tall as them. Well, she's on a step higher. She's on another stair. Come on. They've even got the second generation in the background. She's on the stairs. They don't look any different. Well, she's looking a little more older. It's too small. No, I'm talking about those girls. I don't know who they are. But yeah, those. That, I didn't even see them. Oh, that's true. That's true. 
this is totally a good podcast right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, uh, that's all we really know. There's, there's some, they're already casting people, um, but they're pretty much the same. There is a replacement for Tomo, uh, Tomoko Kawakami, um, from the previous adaptations. So, um, unfortunate passing course. So yeah, look forward to that in winter. I'm sure there's certain people that in our community (laughs) That will be super excited about that. The people that uh, pushed us to watch the series to begin with. So, uh, yeah, cool stuff there. And we have uh, plans are already in work for a second season of Netflix Cowboy Bebop live action. Are you excited? Yeah, yeah. I absolutely am. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, because you know, I, that was like the first thing I did was watch the first season. The first season's not out yet. Oh, okay. Of course, the first season was delayed because the main actor, John Show, got an injury. And then, of course, they had COVID go down. So they had to shut down the production for it. But apparently, in discussing with uh, executive producer Jeff Pinkern, uh, Pinkturn, Pink, Pinkner, I don't know why I'm struggling with that, Pinkner, uh, he has teased that uh, there is a second season already being produ- uh, kind of, I guess, theorized or put together. Um, then he also kind of teased uh, for people, hoping that people will enjoy the awesome work of Yoko Kano. So hopefully, well, that I guess that means that technically we'll have uh, some Yoko Kano music in there as well. So cool, I guess. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I we'll see. Netflix is not my choice for anime adaptations, but. Um, it's one of those things that's like, how could you mess up Cowboy Bebop, though? It is probably the most Western anime ever. How do you mess up Dragon Ball Z? Well, okay, if you told me, <laughs> hey, what could Hollywood mess up? Anything that's really anime-ish, they're going to yeah. mess up. Mm-hmm. You're not going to pull off either that quirkiness or that over-the-topness of Japanese culture that is in anime. That over The over-the-top Japanese stuff. The stuff that even... Japanese people that aren't into anime go, yeah, that's not how we act. The Popeye effect for the Western audience. But Cowboy Bebop is very Western. It's the only one that I can think of that you could technically do a live action in the West and it not be cringy because there's not really a lot of things that culturally shock people. Like, that's the reason why it was so successful in the West is that people watched it and go, oh, what is this cool? What is this thing? It's anime? What the... That kind of effect. One thing they can mess up, though, <laughs> is One Punch Man. <laughs> Apparently that's no, getting no, a live no, no, action. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This... I I, I seen I seen One Punch Man I up laughed. there, but I didn't understand. I didn't... Couldn't read the entire text, and I scanned through this a couple times. I didn't actually read that. And now you're telling me, no. Just no. <laughs> I... I literally laughed out loud when I read this title. I was like, my mind immediately goes to like, what would this look like on a theater screen in the West? Just yeah. Blood and guts. Cringy. <laughs> no, not, not blood and guts. He just, just Dragon Ball, like the Dragon Ball live action. That's what I see when I think of one punch man being, being done by the Western audience. Or Western producers. Of course, again, apparently Jeff Pinker is involved, so apparently he's going to handle a lot of anime-related adaptations. But, uh, yes, uh, Variety has reported that Sony is developing a live-action adaptation of One's One Punch Man manga. 
Like I can already feel the cringe. It's it's gonna be. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I. What has we'll this see. guy done? Jeff Pinkin, or Pink Pink Pinkner? Why can't I say Pinkner? <laughs> Venom yes. and Jumanji. Welcome to the Jungle films. I guess technically I think Venom the- probably was all right. I don't know about Jumanji. I, I didn't watch that okay. one. I didn't watch either of them. Is he? Does he know? Is he known for anything else? That's just the one that everybody quotes in every article I've read. Is that those two? So, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'll give him a shot. I. I. I'm not. I'm not completely opposed to it. It's just the. The problem is, like Andrew was talking about, One Punch Man is way over the top. I mean. You can try, but you're not you're not going to be well, able didn't to. Technically, you already have one of those kind of films done over here. Was it Shazam? So is it is basically going to be Shazam? I don't know. Like Goofy Kid becomes superhero, and well, I, I I go back to the it's the a comedy superhero kind of show. I go back to that scene that they showed on on pretty much all the commercials of the Venom guy, where he went and ate the one guy in in the in the market. So I mean, I guess he's all right at at, at transferring uh, panel art to to real life, but I don't know. One Punch Man well, is very different. Writing than the that. script, not necessarily director. I think they have a director listed for the One Punch Man one. I don't think he's directing the Cowboy Bebop one too. I think he's writing that one as well. Yeah, he's executive producer for the the Cowboy Bebop one. That, yeah, that, that just means he's pretty much a money man, man right? By producer, yeah, technically is usually not really money man. I don't know. <laughs> he gets to call the big western shots. stuff. I don't know western stuff. Okay, <laughs> I'm a western person. I'm a weeb. I don't understand western things. Uh, we'll see though. I like usual. It's just I I I don't see it ever actually working from the eyes of a western creator but in the vein of something that would be accepted in the western audience i guess and let's say again like i've said before my mentality is that you either completely westernize it like i said with with um the um all you need is kill when they did that one with uh um edge of tomorrow i thought that, that was a great westernizing of it they just took it and they did their own thing made it completely western that's how i want to do it same with dragon ball z don't make an adaptation you know faithful adaptation of that with a western um company just westernize it completely and just do it because it's never gonna work right if you have those kind of again goofy anime over the topness in there because it doesn't translate very well when you have an american actor Acting goofy, you know, doing a Dragon Ball Z charge up, it's going to look cringy no matter how you cut it. So just westernize it. And that's kind of my mentality for it. So, yeah, moving on. We're never going to get through all these news articles. Iwa Kakeru Climbing Girls manga is getting an anime adaptation. This one, the synopsis is the two mangas center around girls who compete in sports climbing, particularly climbing artificially constructed walls while making full use of one's mind and body. Uh, First year high school student Konami Konami Kasahari discovered this sport at 
Hanamiya Girls High School after training her mind with puzzle games during junior high school. Uh, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> her life changed the moment she stumbled across her new school's climbing wall, which led her into the climbing sco- the school's climbing team. Moe cliffhanger. I'm on board. Moe climbing. Yep. Gonna have Moe climbing. It's, uh, that's the end right now is Moe different types of sports. Uh, being done at Studio Blade, which I do not recognize whatsoever. 91 days. Uh, oh, no. no key, key animation. animation. Um, anime production, Cheating Craft. Bunch of in-betweens. J- just Cheating Craft. Just helpful helpers. That's pretty much all they are. Just Cheating Craft's the only one that they have under their own belt. So we'll see. Cheating Craft wasn't that bad. At least the first few episodes I watched of it, so that's not to say that they can't pull that off, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Hatsumiku Project Diva Mega Mix Switch heads to the West on May 15th. Unfortunately, I see that it's only going to be digitally. I didn't see anything about physical. So that's the unfortunate thing, but that's kind of the normal right now. But yeah, digital only for 40 bucks. That is a cool thing, though, is it's only $40 course there will be dlc packs for additional songs just like they did in japan they released the game and then additional games so essentially we're gonna get way cheaper than japan did initially and we have to pay the same amount for the dlcs going forward uh you can pay 40 bucks well technically 39.39 because that's the whole miku miku thing uh (laughs) or you could pay 59.99 and get all the dlc included with it Uh, each of the dlcs are seven bucks each there's six of them so I seen it pop up on my on my Switch the other day, but is that that what you got? Yeah, I have the import version, and because I, I knew it, they weren't going to so release it physically, so I bought the. Import. So so now is it it translatable? No, no. That's the physical Japanese version. You can download the English version. I on... thought they I thought that they made it to where they're all no matter what, as long as you have it. Region free just means that you can play it on it. Right. And doesn't it doesn't mean that it has to have English on it. It just means that you can play it. When it was not region, when it was region locked, if I were to import that and put it into an American Switch, it wouldn't let you play it. Now that's region right, but free, you can put any game in there. But that's why you have to kind of do that little research to find out is it going to have English options on it. I researched Cloud has English option on it. Mm. Uh, Angel Beats has English option, which I need to buy still. Uh, Fruticasaya has English options. Um, but yeah, the, the Dragon Quest Builders. I've imported that one. Didn't have English options. Some of them do, some of them don't. So you got to do your research. So if you do want a physical version of this game, you're going to have to import it. It's not going to have English options um, or just buy it digitally when it comes out. Like I said, I bought it. I imported it because I wanted to play it early. I figured it would take until like August before they release it. But apparently they're going to release it now. <laughs> but I knew they weren't going to do a physical version. So I wanted to have a physical version. I'll double dip. Always do. So, there you go. Cool stuff. Uh, that that's, and that goes back to the whole issue. is like, I miss those days with, like, the PlayStation where we'd, like, we'd buy it once and we'd all play it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Switch is so restrictive. It's like, only one for console. <laughs> one console only. Uh, okay, moving on. I, this is something I didn't even know existed, but apparently Nintendo Switch has a comic book platform i, I actually Inky thought Pin. about i actually thought about bringing this up too I, I i actually downloaded it 
I hated it because there was nothing on it. <laughs> well, now there's stuff on it, Chris. Yeah, there's stuff on it now. Inky Pen, the apparently comic book platform that you can have on the Switch. Uh, apparently, Kadansha Comics and Vertical is now offering titles on there digitally, of course. It's not like you're going to have physical signs coming there, but yeah. So yeah, cool stuff there. They have uh, hundreds of favorite manga on the platform, so cool stuff. They have they, they show Attack on Titan, uh, Battle Angelita, Fairy Tale, Seven Deadly Sins. Uh, what is the last one? Mer- Mer- Mis- Mission Love? Mission of Love? Is that what that is? Mission of Love? I guess it's Mission of Love. Probably. Uh, cool stuff, though. Check that out if you need a... <laughs> this is one of those things where it's like, I say this, but at the same time, why would you just do it on your phone or tablet? But if you don't have a phone or tablet and you have a Switch, do it. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. And it's a subscription service, so that's probably a, another good thing about it. All right. All right. So did you try it or did you say that it just didn't have anything on it so you didn't bother? I I have it on there. I I looked at it and I want to say that I didn't see anything worth looking at. Maybe it was that it was uh, subscription locked and I didn't want to bother. So mm. I don't mm. remember. I I remember downloading it because it was supposedly a uh, manga app. And did, did you see their uh, did you see their uh, April Fool's joke? Inky pin. I got a kick out of this. I knew immediately the moment I seen that because I was I was scrolling through their Twitter going, what the hell is an inky pin? I'm scrolling through there and I seen this picture and I immediately knew it was probably posted on April 1st just because I, I nothing about that makes any sense. My gosh, how far did I scroll down this? Because, again, I was trying to figure out what this thing was. Yeah. True book mode. <laughs> <laughs> you could take your switch and your other switch. And you can attach them with this attachment that only costs $100, and it will make a huge clamp. It basically makes your two switches into a Nintendo 3DS, and then you can hold it's it sideways. It's actually kind of cool. Like, oh. <laughs> so if you have two switches, it's a perfect addition. It would have to make them sync, though. How does it make them sync? This well, has got to be you can play two. You can play two daggum. Uh, so you have to buy it twice. You have to have two subscriptions, yeah. two switches, and then you and then you open the same manga on each of them, and then switch one of them over by one page, and then you're synced. And then all you gotta do is you gotta switch the page on both of them at the same time, and it looks like a book. Nah, this is again great. Uh, they podcast. they apparently communicate really well. I mean, like I said, they uh, Mario Party has that two games. You put them right next to each other. Oh, that's and true. You touch that's them true. All. Yeah, the little game, the yeah, connecting game stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Good point. Good point. Uh, High Dive is beginning to stream the Surone OVAs on April 29th in English dubs. So if you have been waiting for the OVAs for Surone in English, April 29th is your day. Mark your calendar. It's coming. Uh, Funimation continues its streaming theatrical efforts, which I completely appreciate. I, As much as I give <laughs> Roberts and Funimation crap, <laughs> the ongoing joke... Uh, this is a cool thing that I really do like that they are doing this whole move to pull theatrical stuffs in with streaming. Now they're obviously not leaving them permanently, but I do like this whole idea of them shooting out saying, "Hey," because I think they did it recently with um, 
I retweeted it, and I've already forgotten which one it was, but they basically... Oh, it was uh, Bunny Girl Senpai, the movie for that, which we totally forgot to watch. <laughs> They're doing this whole thing where they'll tweet out or whatever, they'll announce out that, hey, by the way, for this week only, or this weekend only, but this one, it's two weeks starting May 1st, you can watch this movie on Funimation, which I think is totally fantastic, because for those, again, like us, that don't have access to theaters that actually stream anime, or stream anime, uh, show anime... This is an option for us to actually be able to watch the movies before we have to wait until they actually physically release them. They have to buy a physical release of them. But yes, Funimation is continuing this effort by putting the irregular Magic High School film. They're not doing up. it for us, though. They're doing it because everybody else can't watch them because of COVIDs. Well, the movie was out quite a while back, though, right? This one? Well, technically, Bunny Girl Senpai was a recent theatrical airing, so. I think it's cool. I know, I know the reason they're doing it is because they were trying to bring you know people to the platform, which I think is a really awesome business move. We can go with time. that. We can go with yeah, that. Yeah. But yes. Starting May 1st, only for two weeks, you can watch the uh, God Hand Man do his stuff in theatrical bliss. I still got to watch that series. <laughs> yeah, it's actually probably a good excuse to go and watch it. Well, apparently the second season's late, so I don't have to rush to watching it just mm-hmm. yet. <laughs> Well, I was waiting we, for we that have one. To be, we have to rush if we're going to watch the movie. <laughs> we don't have anything else to do. We might as well watch that. Uh, it's got to, we got to fill the gap somehow. So it might be regular Magic High. We might have to do a full two-hour uh, podcast about that. See, that's the funny thing is that it does leave the opportunity open for doing some really crazy watches that we kind of just... Pe- like, could you imagine an entire episode, podcast episode, about us talking about our rewatch of Cross Ainge? Hey, we can actually sit down and do that. <laughs> we can actually have time to do things. Uh, it's like a blessing in disguise. They stay safe. We don't get new new shows, but we get to watch all the shows we haven't watched yet or rewatch the shows that we really want to rewatch. We've been so, talking about rewatching Crossing for a long time. <laughs> yeah, we can always watch the new un the the uncensored nippleless episodes of Crossing. It's the weirdest uncensored version ever. Uh, moving on. Fans of Batum. The creator Junya Inoue, in, Inoue, Inoue uh, to launch a new series in July on monthly comics at Bunch Magazine reports. Uh, it's going to be called Kaiju Jaitai Task Force for Paranormal Disaster Management or Monster Self-Defense Force for Paranormal Disaster Management. So, again, fans of Batum, be excited for a new manga series coming from your prize creator. Not excited about anything that he sends out. I thought you liked Batum. I did. Okay. There was things about it I didn't I did. like. Oh, the the key thing there is the did, Andrew. Did. Uh, Cross Infinity World is licensed. Hello, I am a witch, and my crush wants me to make a love potion novels. Uh, It's going to be available digitally on June 30th, the first volume. The synopsis is the good witch of the good witch of the lake's four year crush ended in heartbreak with a single request from the object of her affections, wanting to increase the little time she has with Royal Knight Harridge, Harridge, Harridge Rose sends him on a wild goose chase for the ingredients, but gets more than she bargained for when the grumbling knight starts Visiting her every day to feed her? Well, that got weird. This is a heartwarming story of a shut-in witch and an arrogant, uh, 
straight laced, this italics are throwing me off so bad. <laughs> I italicize it so I know it's a synopsis, and it's totally messing up. Straight laced knight whose romance starts from a love potion. Um, I don't get the defeat. Is he actually like, like just trying to keep her? I don't know. That got weird. Uh, maybe I'm just looking into it way too much. Moving on. <laughs> Adult Swim is bringing back Satoshi Khan's Paranoia Agent to TV on April 25th. So if you're watching Adult Swim, look forward to Satoshi Khan's, uh, one of his great, well, technically one of his only TV series that he brought out. It was a really fantastic series. So cool stuff. It's going to be airing at 1 a.m., which doesn't say the actual location. So it could be 1 a.m. Pacific or it could be 1 a.m. Eastern. It's all a gamble. I'm sure if you start watching Adult Swim, it'll tell you what time. Just roll the dice and, and wake up at that time and and see if it's on. Turn on television. Damn, I was wrong. Next week. Dang, I was still wrong. Oh. Anyways, Netflix has begun to stream, or is going to begin streaming Doro Heroro on May 28th. So look forward to that dropping on Netflix in full glory. And uh, also is going to begin airing the, or airing, <laughs> streaming the first two arcs of One Piece on June 12th, thus opening the fandom up to more people with way too much time on their hands. That's a perfect thing to watch right now. Let's finish watching all of One Piece. Yep. I've actually heard that joke already. It's, it's like the, the, the new, what do I do? It's, I, I'm, I, I, don't, I can't go to work. Let's watch One Piece finally. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to watch the whole thing in time. It still would take too long. You still don't have enough time to watch One Piece. Uh, you can knock a big chunk of it out, though, I'm you sure. You would. You would, yes. A couple series that are coming to an end. The Devil's a Part-Timer Light Novel is ending with its 21st volume in summer, as well as Hinamatsuri Manga is ending with its 19th volume in summer. So Why the heck would anybody end Hinamatsuri? This the is mangaka. blasphemous. The mangaka. No, this is blasphemous. Tie him down and force him to make more of that. Didn't we get a second season announcement for that? I don't think so. We had something news related with Hinamatsuri recently. I forget what it was. Hmm. Maybe it was somebody licensing the manga. Maybe that's what it was. Anyways, uh, HBO Max is set to launch on May 27th with an entire Studio Ghibli library of 21 films. So if you've been desperate for some... Ghibli action since they removed him from Netflix. It's going to be on HBO Max. Uh, also, apparently, Crunchyroll, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, and Rooster Teeth are going to be offering content for as well. Um, first, first one's about the only one they care about, but this is a really curious one for me. I, I when I seen this, I was like, "What an odd move for any of them to do." So, I mean, and no, it's not their entire. Um, I see it being a really good move for Crunchyroll. That's actually a very smart move, in my opinion, for Crunchyroll. Because all you got to do is get that... If you at least can get that that front splash screen before your show airs. It doesn't matter that, that HBO is now going to have, say, uh, Tower of Gods, one of their shows right now, that they actually have put money into. So technically, Crunchyroll could take Tower of God and go, sure, have it, HBO Max. Put on your streaming service. But it... it but in the mindset of Crunchyrolls, they're like we're they're probably film maybe they're filling their at capacity like we're we're not increasing at all. We need to get our name out there more. We need to bring more people in. 
what if HBO Max has, when somebody brings up their screen, they scroll through there and suddenly they see Tower of God and they're like, oh, look, this show looks colorful, an animation show. And they hit it and Crunchyroll's thing pops up on the screen. Crunchyroll. That's all they needed. Like they, the, the HBO Max will stream the entire show. Of course, they're going to have to pay Crunchyroll to, to, to air Tower of God on their platform. But the moment that splash screen comes up on that front of that screen, somebody goes, I actually like that show. And they go to the next episode, and then Crunchyroll pops up on the screen again. They go, what the hell's Crunchyroll? Boom. You made a subscription. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think they would be thinking. Of course, if, again, HBO paying them to have Tower of God on their platform, but there's a, there's a cross-advertisement that kind of happens. I, I don't disagree with you. I, I'm not saying it was a bad idea. I just was saying it's an odd idea. Yeah. Yeah. It is. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're technically giving content to a competitor. Mm-hmm. But they might not see... HBO Max is a competitor because HBO Max doesn't have anime. <laughs> so it is, it is, it's a cross-pollinizing thing instead, I, I, would, I would assume. Just like putting Funimation putting a lot of their shows, Crunchyroll putting their shows on Adult Swim. But then again, at the same time, it is odd that they grabbed G-Kids and Studio Ghibli and all those others. So leave, take that for what it is. I, I do, it, it, in general, it's just an odd move for a lot of them. It's 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 a consolidation, and yet at the same time, like thing, Andrew though? was saying, it's a cross-pollination, huh? Isn't HBO affiliated with Disney? No. I thought Disney had Ghibli. That's what I thought. Mm. I'm surprised it's not on G- Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Have you actually looked at Disney+. Plus? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> Does anybody look at Disney+. Plus? Ah, oh, Disney stuck it to to Netflix and did their own thing. There's, that's I wonder how that's working for them right now. <laughs> that really sucks because I know a lot of people watched, enjoyed watching Disney shows on Netflix. It's like I much I wonder how many they actually got to move over from Netflix to their platform just for their Disney shows. It's unfortunate. It's I know a lot of people have it because there was a lot of people talking about this stupid. Um, Baby Yoda, so <laughs> that's what you got out of it. Is the, the, the Star Disney Wars Plus. thing? They Baby signed Yoda. up just for Star Wars. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. They just signed up just for Star Wars. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Moving on, we have. Well, it's it's just like Tiger King right now. Every the world is 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 stopped because of Tiger King. Two months ago, the world oh. stopped for Baby Yoda. Wasn't Tiger King like a year ago? No. It, the entire world is talking about the stupid Tiger King. Well, I know, but, I, but my point was, like, why are they now talking about him? I seen I him, like, two know. years ago, like, the last presidential uh, election. Why is it now that people are talking about him? I don't know. Memes. <laughs> I don't understand him. Uh, do I do, I, although I do like the Aerith with a chair meme, that is actually pretty funny. Aerith with a what? In Final Fantasy VII, Aerith takes a chair to somebody, and she's a mean now where oh, she's like this. Oh, the, um, yeah. in the Cornelio. Yeah, Corne- Corne- Cornelio. Corne- Cornelio. Anyways, uh, the, v- the voice of Kizuna Ai has finally been revealed. It is Nozomi Kasuga. We've been waiting to find out who this person is, and we finally found out. I'm surprised. Well, I'm not really surprised, but it is insane how much Kizuna Ai has blown up. 
Um, all the way to the point of creating a whole company for it and now apparently getting the big reveal about who Kizna Ai is. So there you go. We've all wanted to know who was the person behind the voice. And there you go. We finally found out. Now we can move on, right? I didn't know we were waiting to find out, but I mean, it's exciting to find out. I would admit there is a curiosity there when you want, because I I, I mean, I'm, I admit fully, I'm, I spend way too much time watching, uh, Japanese, uh, virtual idols. There's like a million of them now. It's literally, there is literally, I'm not joking with you by this number. There's literally a million of them now. And I'm more impressed. Sometimes going to want to know who's behind the camera. I'm more impressed by whoever figured this out because she's only got like three roles. And two of them are background characters. Well, I found out because there's a company now, and she's part of the company. And she left the company, apparently, so. Uh, Well, I just figured somebody asked her, and they said, well, yeah, okay. But, yeah, I guess. Well, no, it's one of those things where when they were just doing it out of, like, probably a small home or whatever. And, yeah, yeah, that was probably a big thing, just like with a lot of. Like artists, mangakas, they don't like to like that. Their identity actually be known. They don't like pictures taken of themselves. They hide away. Uh, with this one, is you you literally go from that point to the point where you're making a lot of money and you create an industry of other digital idols. Eventually, you're going to be in a boardroom together, mm-hmm. <laughs> and there you go. You finally become in the boardroom together. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's just a funny thing to finally actually know. So, there you go. Funimation is co-producing anime called Grace of Gods, which is based off a light novel. So, big excited for that. I didn't really find the trailer to be all that interesting. It looks like he got a bunch of slimes, took them home, and then took a hatchet out. I'm assuming he's going to chop up the slimes. I don't know. The synopsis? Do we even have a synopsis for this thing? Under the protection of the gods, a relaxed life with slimes in another world begins. One day, the life of middle-aged Japanese businessman Ryoma Takebayashi came to a rather sudden and disappointing end. Ryoma had never had a blessed life, but after his death, three great gods sought to cooperate, sought his cooperation and reincarnate him as a child in another world with sword and magic. Receiving a most cordial cordial and divine welcome from the gods, Ryoma decides to live leisurely on his own in the forest for the time being. Working diligently at the magic and ma- magic and hunting, Ryoma's greatest passion comes to be researching his tame slimes. Training a variety of slimes, some newly discovered, the curtain rises on this easygoing life of fantasy, collaborating a second life with kind people in another world. Very long and <laughs> does it boring, feel like it? Does sense. it does it feel like Yoshi K in the? I, yeah, that's all I can think of because, like I said, that was a very boring thing to read. So that usually means it's going to be in Yoshi K, which is not a bad thing. Just means that it's not very interesting to read a synopsis on something that's Yoshi K. We'll see. We'll see. Series. Oh, I already said that one. <laughs> ESRB and Peggy as descriptors to games to notify game purchasers for loot boxes. Um, I don't really find this to being at all a fix because a lot of big companies are in the pocket of ESRB, so they'll probably just post them without that warning, and then they'll just patch them in later, so I don't see how that's going to fix anything. But, yeah. Now you're 
ratings that people don't go by because they still buy mature stuff for their kids is now going to say that it has in-game purchases and random items. So, it... Finions? It's it's a skirt around the issue. I It yeah. really is. It's... Yeah, I mean, the problem is not the fact that it's not because what they're doing is they're hey we told you this is what what's in the game so therefore we're we're you can't yeah. yeah you can't complain that doesn't fix the problem <laughs> well that's the whole problem with the SRB in the begin with it's supposed to be a uh, the gaming industry uh, self governing itself to warn people and half the time it never really ever is followed so it doesn't really matter it's just really the game gaming industry trying to keep the government from handling it it really is all it is. All right. You have a piece of news. What do you have, Chris? Oh, I just uh, bumped into a thing. Uh, one of the news articles had mentioned that Nintendo had gotten uh, gotten their servers breached and 160,000 accounts um, since the start of April kind of got um, compromised. And I was like, oh, wow, um, because... I like my Nintendo, so um, I don't think I've gotten any. You'll you'll get an email that tells tells you that you got um, your account was accessed by a separate um, another place, and so just like any other um, service will do that. But I w- one of the things that it does mention is that none of the um, none of the actual financial information was messed with. But it did mention that the people who were affected, their um, what was it? Their I wrote it down. Your personal information, nickname, date of birth, country, region, email address, Re- uh, real name and gender. And if it was through in an ID, your real name and gender as well. And they're suggesting somebody's gonna know if I'm a guy. <laughs> I'm screwed. Um, it did mention that it suggests that you change your password and especially if you've been, um, if you have been, uh, compromised, the only way that you'll be able to stop the comp, the, your account trying to be accessed is to, uh, honestly set up the two factor verification. It suggests doing that for everybody, but especially for you to get it to stop. Uh, trying to access your account, you have to do the two-factor. Yeah, I think the the thing that some people were saying is that it's not necessarily being notified that you are compromised. It's just that's the normal notifications that they do give most. Well, it's a default thing. If, it, you know, two months from now or two months ago, if somebody tried to access your, your account from, say, overseas, it would tell you that, hey, this is a different location that you're accessing. This is, is correct. The problem now is that there's so many of them that have been the 160,000 have been stolen, you might not get a notification. So the idea is that you should probably go just change it now to, to you know, all together. And then again, add the two point th- or the two point off uh, authentication just to be safe. So yeah, fun stuff. So you mad at Nintendo now? Everybody gets mad at no. companies whenever they actually have hackings, which is kind of technically a normal thing in the world. I, I don't, I don't see a reason to get upset at them. So oh, there you go. There you go. Cannot do wrong. Cannot do wrong. All right, that's that's all the news that seemed important to us, so it should be important to you because it's important to us. Shoot, even my account at Blizzard got hacked, and I didn't get mad at Blizzard. I mean, 
The Sony thing was pretty bad when I when I was involved with the Sony thing. Well, that's that's how most of my information got out on the dark web. I know my information is out on everybody's information on the dark web. No matter if you access, no matter what platform you access, your information's out there. A bank's going to give it to them. Are they going to get it from a bank? They're going to get it from a, a loan company. They're going to get it from a, a school. It's, it's all out there. So I've given up caring. Yeah. There's things in place for most companies that will protect you. So, oh, At least not the and if you information try, that I care about is not out there. But yeah. Right. If you, if you try to get rid of it, it's just going to get put back on there. Who cares? You can't get rid of it. How do you get rid of stuff off of the dark web? That would be nice. You go to the dark web and you go <laughs> control alt delete. God, there you go. <laughs> Why well, is it all these companies that make so much money doing the whole we'll protect your stuff on the internet? And it's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're not going to be able to protect it. Just uh, no, actually, something yeah, that I think all, all they really get do feared into paying into because they think that they have to have some company quote unquote keep their information off the internet. I don't think that they're keeping it off the internet. I think they're what not they're doing is That's why I'm saying it's a scam. <laughs> all they're doing is doing the litigation afterwards. That's all they really are they can do. Yeah. If sure. you get if if they randomly go and steal a million dollars from you, you have somebody who can go, okay, they didn't they're not responsible for the million dollars. That's all they're gonna do. Hopefully they'll actually do that, yes. It's just like insurance companies. Hopefully your insurance company is going to cover you. <laughs> They're supposed to. We'll see if they actually do when it actually happens. So yeah, moving on to our community. We have some community questions from, well, technically we have a few from internet or from the internet. <laughs> we have a few from the internets that we're bringing in here. Downloading they were them. probably from the dark web. Too. The emails, the emails have been hey, coming in. Uh, uh, the That name does sound kind of dark web ish. Yeah. Yeah. It just needs an XX Darth Arcus. We'll have, we'll have them send us it. mystery dark web boxes. <laughs> that seems to be a big hit on YouTube lately. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you can go to the web. Uh, <laughs> this is really messing me up. You can go to the dark web to otakuspirit.com. And go to the <laughs> That's where up we there. hang out is out on the dark web, the dark obviously. Dark web <laughs> Uh, go to the link up there, the forum link. That's how top. we know that our information is out on the dark web, because we go there we all the time. The web. <laughs> um, this is hosted on the dark web, too, so you're accessing it every time you download this podcast. So anyways, <laughs> you can go to the forum link at the top. You can leave us a question there in the anime cast question threads, or you can go to the email, uh, com. You can go to our contact us button at the top at com. That's usually how most people do via email. It does, does it for you. Like Havoc. Havoc sent us a question in our, our contact us button. Uh, it says, uh, hi, guys. I am from Queensland, Australia, and I have been listening for a couple months now and just wanted to say that you are really informative and enjoyable to listen to. Question. With the vast amount of anime coming out seeming to increase each year. This did not age well. Do you think we will start to see a decrease in overall quality, hence more releases suffering uh, from underwatching, as there is just too much to watch? Thanks, Havoc. P.S. Your taste in anime isn't all bad. Thank you, Havoc. See? We have proof now. Now our, our taste doesn't I'm suck. I'm going to frame that comment and put it on my <laughs> wall. And when everybody makes fun of me, I'll say, look what Havoc said. Yeah, thanks for the kind words. Um, love all of our listeners from Australia. A lot of people that I talk to on the internet that are from Australia are always cool people. So uh, good folks down there. 
But yeah, the the question again, like I said, I joked about it, didn't really age well. But cons- you know, putting aside the pandemic issue causing delays, um, the biggest thing that I, w- I think we kind of seen over the last couple years is I don't think it necessarily is affecting the anime industry. They're not big money makers. It affects them in the idea that you know everybody yells about how animators don't make that much money, and that's because a lot of the stuff doesn't make much money. The studio is paid by a, a a group or by a production committee that is giving them money. A record label is giving them money to make the anime. The studio itself doesn't make much money, and then they kind of move on. And then they the production committee makes a fortune, and the record industry makes a fo- bunch of fortune selling CDs or selling um, memorabilia or stage plays, all that kind of stuff. As for anime in general... What we kind of seen over the last couple of years is that there was some talks about some studios exporting or not exporting, <laughs> outsourcing to China. There was a lot of China uh, animation being done for a lot of uh, shows. You've seen a lot of cases about shows that were just not really having very good quality to them, having a lot of messed up episodes. It really is a case by case basis with a lot of these companies and a lot of these studios. Some of them are outsourcing, some of them are seeing not much money made from it, but they're still able to manage. All in all, in the end, it's not changing too much just because it's never been much of a moneymaker to begin with. The moneymakers has been the manga, it's been the uh, production committees making money off the CDs, making money off of the. Um, I, I, you're, you're weird. The only ones that are actually making a lot of money are kind of those oddballs like Yacht Animation, it's Ufootable. They're getting a lot of money from the companies themselves or they're making brand names for themselves altogether. It's Studio Kara from uh, Evangelion with all the money they made off of that one. It's that hope that the originals that they actually make are successful and they make money off of that. But there's no real way for them to make money in general based on the fact that they don't really own the property to actually make the money from it. So I was all over the place with that, but your opinions. Um, my, my, my feelings more along the lines of, I do think that there's going to have to be a reshuffle at some point. I don't know how it's going to, um, how it's going to show itself. Um, if you look look across the across time, there's always a point in which something will happen that will reallocate things. And I do think that there is a glut of anime. I don't particularly think that there's a lack of quality per se. I think that there is a glut of anime. In general, there's just too much. And and. At some point, they're going to have to shift the way they do that. And yes, at some point, there is going to be a quality problem. Um, all they're going to do is just shift the way that they handle the the quality problem. And at some point, I I I hope because I I, I do hear a lot of I, I've I've been hearing it for years from from different podcasts. I haven't been listening to podcasts in a while, so if people have stopped saying it, so be it. But um, everybody was going on and on and on about the anime bubble. I don't see this as the anime bubble. I seen an anime bubble. I lived through an anime bubble. So I do know how that felt. 
And that one was very different than what we're seeing today. Yeah, yes. because back then it was a lot of original shows. They were trying to make money off the show they made. The problem is, is that right now, technically, 99.9% .9 of shows that you have in a year, they're all commercials. And they're paid for commercials. So how can a commercial fail? Yeah, it's true. If the only way a commercial can fail is if they they pay into a commercial, the commercial doesn't bring money to what they're advertising, and then they don't go to that studio again. Yeah. But the reason why there was a bubble way back in the day was you had... You're talking about the Western bubble or the Japanese bubble? Japanese. Well... But you had like a I, lot was, of money going more, into it, I mean, there was just so much. And, and what would, was happening was they were dumping so much money into – because basically the anime production companies were sold a bill of goods. Hey, we'll take all of this over to the Western. You give us lots of money and we will give it out to everybody. They were flush with money. Yeah, with saturation. It, there was way too much. And then, and then the Japanese companies were going – Okay, time to collect. Where is the money that you guys are promising me that you were going to be making me tons and tons of money? I'm not seeing it. And they cut them off. Yeah. And that was death to to the anime industry as a whole. That's what I'm saying is that was the reshuffle point. Then you got the torrent day or the pretty much where we were we started uh downloading everything and then the torrents came and then crunchy rolls first start into uh what they were doing and then eventually we got back in and now we are here and i don't see i do see a couple of problem areas but it's not the same kind of problems um so to say that to to imply that we're we're going to have another anime bubble i don't see that i see some be people doing things differently than they should that's my opinion i'm not their company um but at the same time i don't see the anime bubble different animals yeah i think i think that's it's really important to kind of look at it from two different perspe perspectives is, is from the japanese point of view and the western point of view is is the the supply chain i don't really see it having any kind of issues just because they are technically making money. You do see a lot of these companies in the West are now investing into making their own stuff because they want to get more money from the stuff. Now, is that a sign that they are not making enough money? It could be. It could be the fact that Funimation is is well, it's technically working with Anaplex and Anaplex is working with Anaplex Japan. Um, are they getting more money into that business so that they can possibly get their brand name or recognition in the Western audience saying, well, look, we actually make our own stuff. You're already making your own stuff because it's Sony and Netflix. <laughs> but you have Crunchyroll as well doing that. Are they doing that? Are they getting into production committees over there because they, they are that passionate about wanting to get the one thing adapted they want so bad? No, they're doing that possibly for rec name recognition, or maybe they want more, more brand uh, hold of that product. And well, they stepped their toe in it. What two, three years ago with Dimension W? Um, yeah, Funimation. I mean, they've, they've been, w, they've yeah. been, yeah, they were, they were goofing off with the idea for a long time. Yeah. Now they're actually on the production committees. Doesn't bother me. But again, like I said, 
from a Japanese perspective, I don't think you really ever, I don't think the possibility of a bubble is, exists there just because, like I said, it, that would assume that there is stakes at hand with the anime that it's making. And again, anime, whether we like it or not, and I do don't, I don't like it with a lot of shows that do uh, leave that see you in the manga statement at the end of it, basically, is they are glorified commercials. That's why we only get one seasons of everything is because the production committee said, hey, we have this manga. We want to get more recognition to it. Make this anime out of it. And then everybody goes, oh, crap. I want to, I want to read that manga. And then the manga sells shoot up. Or it's, you know, Princess Reconnect. They want to get the app to have more recognition. So let's make an anime out of it. And then we'll get people to come over and download the app because the anime was so great. Magia Record was an advertisement for the, the, the mobile game. People go over there and they play the mobile game now. Fake Grand Order. It's an advertisement for Fake Grand Order the mobile game. So... It's again like it's it, like I said. It's like it's like saying that is there going to be a commercial bubble? Well, the commercials still air between each break of the show. It's still doing its job of telling people to go buy this product. So I don't see that ever having an issue. Now, will there be issues where companies may see that anime doesn't advertise their if it their was manga as possible, well, and if, they may not stop paying into having say a company goes, hey, this manga is fantastic. Let's get an anime made for it. And they go and they pay into a studio and a, a production committee. They get a record label in play and they say, hey, come pay in for this for us so, so we can get a, an anime made for this manga. And they pay into it and the, and the anime is terrible or it doesn't, doesn't bring money back to the manga. That Yeah, technically that publisher might go, look, that didn't work out for us last time we made an anime for our mangas. Let's not do that anymore. I just don't, I don't necessarily see that happening just because it seems like a formula has worked for so long. Now, that oversaturation might cause that problem eventually where they go, look, we made an adaptation. It didn't work out. Let's not do that no more. It's just, I don't see it quite yet. If it were even possible, you might have just made me hate anime. Why? I hate co I hate co commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Especially right now. <laughs> commercials are terrible. Uh, that, was a good, that was a good question, though. Thanks, Savik. That, uh, that was a fantastic question. I think that's uh, one I think we've kind of discussed a few times of the, the anime bubble but don't think we've ever hit it from that angle yeah i don't usually hit it from the angle that it's technically a, uh, an, a, an advertisement which does technically change your perspective a little bit so yeah cool stuff again thanks for the kind words and uh thanks for acknowledging that not all of our tastes are bad i, I just recognize the glass half the glass glass half empty side of that statement so I'll let it slide this time. I see the glass half full. I think he was he was giving us a huge amount of praise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last one we have is Bacon Chips says, uh, hey guys, I'm wondering who are some of your favorite character designs in anime? If I had to say some of mine were Violet Evergarden, Isla from Plastic Memories, Aqua from Konosuba, Kana from Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, and Suyu Asui from My Hero Academia. How do they make a frog cute? Also, to answer your question about my Natsuki tattoo from Doki Doki Literature Club, it's nothing freaky. <laughs> Just a normal picture of her holding a cat cupcake. Uh, artist did a really great job. I'm glad to know that it wasn't of other scenes. <laughs> the saga continues of bacon chips tattoos. <laughs> um, what I absolutely love Asui. I just, I'm just saying, just, just throwing it out there. Yeah. I mean, I like Ochako, but but I absolutely, I've I've always loved her. 
She, no. she, there's just something about her that is just so adorable. Yeah, I'm, I'm team Ochiko. Sorry. Yeah, Ochiko is just absolute <laughs> moe bait. I mean, I love her, but I'm sorry. Uh, I, I immediately, my mind immediately went to character designers. Uh, Ranger Murata is, of course, always a Ranger. Ranger Murata is always my my top pick for character designs. Unfortunately, most of the animes don't capture his artist artistry really that well. But I still think he's my favorite character designer of all time. So if you look at Ranger Murata, that's exactly um, the artwork that I just absolutely love. Uh, Shinichiro Otsuka, Otsuka, who of course did ReZero, uh, as well as Grand Belm and, and Conception, which weren't as great, but I, I seem to be drawn to his artistry. Seems to be pretty solid. Uh, Akio Watanabe, of course, is an easy one who did a lot of the Monogatari series. Uh, Mako, I think he's one of mine, if I remember right, because he does the, um, he did the Monogatari series. He did the Monogatari. He also did a couple <laughs> of other shows that I, I, Every time he pointed out, I'm like, well, okay, obviously, I, that's why I like it. Yeah, I think he did uh, that Zodiac one that you liked. The, what's that called? The one that was like all CGI whenever they went to the, the yeah. Zodiac cat game thingy majiggy. It was like Thomas something. Uh, yeah. Mako Hosoi, who did uh, 22-7 and, or 22-7, yeah, whatever it was. Um. Grimgar, Fantasy, and Ash, uh, Shogun Roku. I I really did enjoy Grimgar, Fantasy, and Ash, especially a lot of character designs. Um, then I realized that they also did Shogun Roku, Roku Shinji, which is way different. And I was very impressed to know that that was the same person. So that's that's fantastic. Um, that was another one. Just popped in my head a little bit ago and then it just jumped right back out. My big one, and I wish I could think of his name. I never know his name off the top of my head. It, it's always one of those that I have to go and look it up over and over again. But he did the Kofuku. Um, he did the um, the Kite. Um, if you guys you, – you, right away, you guys are probably getting a picture of who I'm talking about because he has the same artwork across all of it. He, a lot of his stuff looks absolutely phenomenal. Oh, I really okay. love it. Hinako, that's the other one I was thinking and, of. And uh, One Room. Yeah. Love his art style. Now, that, that's the one I thought you were talking about with the Monogatari series. Hmm. Now it's Akio Watanabe. Kentoku. Right? Yeah. I just, every time I see anything done by Kentoku, it's like, hey, that's the Hineko person. <laughs> so, yeah, Hineko, One Room. Um, Apparently did the, I forgot the name, the the English name, Gorokawa. I, I really wanted to watch Gorokawa just because I I seen that it was his artwork. So Do apparently that. did uh, Sakura Fujinama from Twenty Two Seven as well. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, that that makes sense. <laughs> oh, cool. Up oh. oh, what? I was gonna have you look up the name of the my artist real quick. Oh. It's a, it's actually in in our stupid uh, Google Drive because I got an entire podcast dedicated to. Yeah, that would take entirely too long. Yasumi Ometsu. That sounds like his name. Dimension W. Yeah, that's, that's the problem with there's some of these shows that has like more than one. Just like twenty two seven, there's a character designer for each character. Yeah, yeah. Ometsu uh, Yasumi. That's he's he's. Pretty much my favorite character designer 
of all time. So I have yet to have anybody who's really edged him out. I really, really like his artwork. Yeah, cool devices. Yeah, that's him. Dynamic cord. But dynamic cord, Chris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cuckoo. Megazone 23. I have a uh, remastering HD version of that coming here soon, so we can watch that. Mezzoforte. Yep. Robot Carnival. We have that. Wizard Barristers. That was the other one. Wizard Barristers, yeah. I'm surprised that Kofuku hasn't popped up on that list. Kofuku? Yeah. Kofuku was Akio. Kofuku Graffiti? No. Kokoku? Kokoku. That was in the list. Okay. Now, I guess to go on more of the, not my list of absolute, like, like, like I said, Rinji Murata, no matter what, is, is top one for me. And yeah, I technically listed off a bunch of ones that are probably the most popular character designers out there. Oddball ones, I would have to say that I, and again, I don't really know who actually done them, but, um, eccentric family, love the, the creativity there, um, Made in Abyss. A lot of that stuff's very unique and cool in its own right. I like the character designs in um, No Game, No Life. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm partial. I'm partial on that one. Kyoto Animation. Um, there's a uh, sis- there's two sisters, I believe, that do a lot of the newer stuff for the Kyoto Animation. I absolutely love their work. Well, again, that's another easy one. <laughs> Anything Kyoto Animation is going to be just either gorgeous or absolutely moe uh, perfection. Uh, a lot of the stuff that Dogo Kobo is doing right now, I, I really need to get down and start drilling into Dogo Kobo. Look to see if there's any kind of namesake uh, people that are working there that possibly do a lot of their work. I'm curious if there's cur- certain character designers that are frequent with them because it seems like they have their own... Um, unique style to their own as well. Not not always as prevalent as something like Kyoto Animation that seems to have a quote-unquote, just to give it to the, some people that say it, the samey face to them. Um, I love to kind of see what they're really doing with that stuff. So Claymore had a lot of really cool stuff in that, very unique. Uh, 91 Days, the same person that did um, another one here recently. I really do like her unique design. Or I think it's her. I think it's her. Yeah. Anything else? Not that I can think of. It. The only other one would be the um, the one who. But see, then you're going into mangakas and stuff. It's so it's really kind of weird. But I do like the mangaka. The mangaka for. Uh, oh. Inside Marty. Oh yeah, that. But that that's that was really into the um, <laughs> the mangaka. I was thinking of uh, Full Metal Alchemist because a lot of her character artwork is mm-hmm. pretty well done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like I said, then you're technically going into mangakas. Then you can go into the Inside Mari and all that stuff. And he, I've got a few of them that I I do like on that side. So, yep. All right. Um... That's it for this discussional podcast episode. We have one more question from Blue Spark. We'll get to you next time. It's a very controversial question, so look forward to that. Blue Spark bringing in the controversial questions that are going to possibly cause a huge divide in our community, which is um, very heartbreaking. But look forward to that in the next discussional podcast. Blue episode. Spark, you can't do all that. 
Um, but yes, again, we hope you guys enjoyed this discussional podcast. Have us talk about the news that seems important to us. Dive into our community and answer some great questions for our community members. Please submit new ones so that we can continue on to have more questions. Otherwise, we'll have to wing it like we did this episode and talk about things extensively that we make sense and talk in circles. I'm just kidding. Uh, hopefully, everybody stays safe out there. Stay, stay Maybe safe. Maybe they were doing it on and, purpose. Um, what? Maybe they were holding off so that we would come up with random weird yeah, stuff true. to talk about. That's true. I doubt it. Or talk way too. We suck about that at that, by the way. Uh, yeah, very bad to going off the off the cuff. Very bad. <laughs> We'd much but, rather talk about stuff you guys want us to talk about. It's kind of better that way. Call to action, though. If anybody out there has any opinions on our discussion about you know our possible plans at the in the in the onset that we do have an issue with the season continuing on if anybody has any opinions based on our conversation about that definitely let us know we always appreciate feedback what people want is you know definitely does play into what we'd like to provide uh we don't always (laughs) go with every suggestion just because again this is a technically a hobby and we do have limited time and we want to do things that we both enjoy but that people will enjoy so it's a kind of a give and take there but Again, we hope you guys enjoyed. Again, stay safe out there, and uh, y'all take care.